0: Hey, it's the First Pres Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the First Pres Monday check-in. We got the Bible, and Greg, and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined
1: by... Greg allen Pickett, the other pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska... On this chilly morning, brisk, brisk. It's nice. It's just it's just nice. Is you what mean, it is. You're actually, you're wearing a big heavy cardigan.
0: Oh, it's nice. It's comfy. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's cozy. Cozy
0: weather. That's the new trend. Everything's cozy now. Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Everybody's listening to cozy music and playing cozy games. Um, and doing cozy things. Hmm. That's the,
1: that's what it is. I'm not up to date on the newest trends. Well, you could be though. I'm not feeling particularly cozy today. You could do cozy stuff. Okay. It'd be great. Was the story of Ruth and Naomi last week cozy? I mean, no. I didn't (laughs) think so. And our story this week's not particularly cozy either.
0: I think that folks might be tempted to try to read it in a cozy way. But that would be ignoring the reality of the, of the setting of the story. Yeah. But I think people might try to, read, to take the sentiment of like where you go, I will go. Where you launch, I will launch. Your people will be my people. And then stop there and have that and be the cozy part mm-hmm. of it. And and leave off the part about where you die, I will die. <laughs> because that's Less what cozy. Naomi believes herself to be doing. I, if if I die, which will be soon, <laughs> let me die by myself. So. Yeah. And Ruth says, no, I'm going to die with you. going to die with you. Yeah.
1: So... Coziness in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Not particularly (laughs) present. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I just think it's one of those things that happens. Because oftentimes in the settings that we grew up in, we encounter these stories as children. Right. They're presented to us as children's story. Correct. And as children's stories. And so you are asked to understand them at, a, at a, a level appropriate for a child. Correct. Which makes sense. But then since we don't necessarily revisit them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we keep that children's image of the story. Indeed. Like the story of the flood is the one that com- is like the, really an excellent example of this. Yeah. We have lots of children's illustrations. Of
1: the flood. Of the animals going on the, yes, arc, the animals two by two. And the ark and, and the, the rainbow. rainbow. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: and it's all very lovely, rain. Because for children, we focus on the part of the story that's about um, God's love for people, uh, you know, and, and sustaining them through that and providing them a means through that. Right. Uh, um, and we sometimes... Skip over the mass devastation
1: that's yeah. part of the story. Russell Crowe helped us with that here a few years back.
0: Yeah, that was a much more realistic, realistic <laughs>
1: interpretation <laughs> of the story. Yeah. 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 Uh, referencing about it 10, 15 years ago, a probably. A movie that was made about Noah that was uh, had the ethos of an epic action movie, mm-hmm. really. Mm hmm. Um, and it was well done and actually pretty accurate. They, they must have had some good biblical scholars uh, helping them with that. <clears throat> yeah. There was a bit of fantasy involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was parts of that story that we gloss over or don't read that they put on the big screen, at least their particular interpretation of some of those things. Anyways. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So there are lots of stories in the Old Testament that we know as children from Sunday school or Bible study Yeah, that we haven't revisited as adults. And now that we're revisiting them as adults, we need to spend a little more time with them, Yeah, which is what we're trying to do. Yeah.
0: And we do, at some point, we'll tell people what they're listening to. But we do a not dissimilar thing Um with events in the newer Testament as well. And I'm thinking about the cross in particular. Yep. Um, that more often look to the cross as a, as a symbol of hope, um, right. And, and inspiration and love and less often to it as a symbol of punishment and cruelty.
1: Right. Which is, what it was well yes and depending upon your theology of atonement sure um but yes um, on a principle level well and we think about the the two thieves hanging on either side of jesus and, Mm -hmm. and what their crimes were and what led them to being yeah tortured and killed in such a heinous way right yeah i guess i'm i think like that
0: it in its context and in its setting it was a means of execution right Um, And we don't adorn our walls with a lot of other means of execution.
1: Yeah, others, I mean, having just returned from Scotland, there are a lot of swords that are on walls. Sure,
0: yeah. I don't have any depictions of like an electric chair.
1: No, but some Um, people display guns on their walls. Or a guillotine. Or You don't have a guillotine on your mantle at home? No, I don't. How do you get the end of your cigars off before you smoke them? I just I just karate chop them. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's how I do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the Monday check-in. <laughs> For those who may not know... Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to take a little look at the scripture passage that we use for the upcoming Sunday, uh, that we will use for the upcoming Sunday, and talk about it, identify some of the themes in it, maybe ask questions of it, maybe allow it to ask questions of us, and have a little miniature Bible study related to it, and then we switch gears uh, for what will be the at least third time in this podcast episode and talk about a little bit about the life of the church, what's going on, what folks should be aware of. And at this point, we have an opening prayer, and I have no idea whose turn it is. Mine? All right, let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. We thank you for your holy word and all that it has meant to those who have come before us, all that it will mean to those who will follow. We ask, of oh God, that as we read and ponder these things, that we might find meaning and inspiration for our own lives, that we might find within it some word that speaks to us, that guides us, nurtures us, challenges us, calls us to live lives worthy of the calling that we have received. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. This coming Sunday, we are continuing our journey through the Old Testament narrative, Indeed. the grand narrative arc of the Old Testament, and we have worked our way up to King David.
1: Right. So Moses, we remember God spoke I remember. to Moses through the burning bush, told mm-hmm. him you need to take your people out of Egypt, go confront Pharaoh. Moses did. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Finally, they made it. Moses died before making it. Joshua finished the journey for them. They've established themselves as uh, a tribe of Israel in uh, modern day, or we call it Judah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, last week we had a story, uh, about how things got difficult for those folks mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and our friend Naomi uh, left because she, there was a famine. Yeah, went to Moab uh, with her husband and her two kids. Mm-hmm. They became residents of Moab. Husband and two sons died, and then her two daughters in law um, had a beautiful interaction with her. Yeah. In the first <coughs> chapter of the book of Ruth. Uh, we're going to move forward. And that
0: story is set in what is referred to as the time of judges. Of the judges. Which is a period prior to the rule of King David. Right, uh, And there's, there's kind of a hidden within some of these narratives is this theological debate amongst Israelites of um, should, we should have a king, shouldn't we? No, we should not have a king. God alone is our king. But what if God anoints Anoints a a king King. (laughs) for us? (laughs) Oh, well, okay. In that case, then, uh, yes, it it would probably be okay uh, to have a king. So one of those kings that eventually gets anointed is David. Well,
1: Saul first. Yeah, eventually. And then Saul, and then for David to become king, Saul has to be dethroned Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a not-so-pleasant way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they they experiment with uh, a monarchy and kings. And um, I think most readers of the Bible know a bit about King David and his reign. um, But this story we're reading today uh, from 2 Samuel Mm -hmm. um, introduces uh, his his anointing and his beginning of his kingship. Uh, I read a commentary that said there's actually three accountings of this. Oh, okay. Um, This is one of the three accountings of David becoming king. So, anyways. Uh, Yeah, okay.
0: This is not, we're not going to meet David as
1: a small child here. With with a a, sling.
0: Walking by the prophet. We're not going to meet him with a sling.
1: Trying to take down a giant. We're
0: not going to meet him Playing music.
1: Nope. On his on this. We're heart. gonna meet
0: David uh, when he's thirty.
1: Thirty years old.
0: <clears throat> or something like this. So this is from Second Samuel. Roll. Yep. Second Samuel's chapters five and six, not those whole things, but one through verses one through five in each of those chapters. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at now I say this Hebron. Uh, is that how you say it?
1: Hebron or Hebron? I lived in
0: Hebron Hall
1: Didn't my you? first
0: year at Warburg College. Yeah. Hmm. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time, while Saul was king over, us, king over us, it was you who let out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be my shepherd of my people Israel. You shall be ruler over Israel." So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah thirty-three years. And then we move to chapter 6. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David and all the people with him set out and went from Baal Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of Hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. They carried the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uza and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were driving the new cart with the Ark of God, and Ahio went in front of the Ark. David and all the house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all their might, with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. And that's where it ends. Greg, what do you got? A lot going on here <laughs> yeah um yeah do you want to talk about the divided monarchy
1: <laughs> take it away
0: uh, i would need to refresh my that yeah. at some point there's a a northern kingdom and a southern right kingdom um before that there is a loose confederacy of tribes what we sometimes refer to as the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, of Israel. Um, and then those sort of loose confederacy of tribes form themselves into different kingdoms that refer to themselves as Israel. Uh, so there's right. the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Yeah. And that's what, that's, that's what they're getting at in the reigned over Judah seven years. And then at Jerusalem... Rand over all everything. Israel Judah for 33 years right yeah so then at some point we moved from a northern and a southern kingdom to, to a, a united. unified
1: unified mm-hmm. or United Kingdom correct mm-hmm. yep um, and uh, David and the Israelites have been through a lot they've um, they've been through a lot mm-hmm. and now they're consolidating um, and David's gonna help rule them through um, some interesting stuff. (laughs) Um, uh, And so the the Samuel 5 is the political consolidation. Yes. The Samuel 6 is the spiritual or religious consolidation around the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so what you're doing is bringing together Both the political power and the religious power under one king.
0: Yeah. Because we should probably refresh ourselves on what the Ark of the Covenant is. Yeah. I did the United, I did the Northern and Southern Kingdoms. And
1: so you're also going to brief us (laughs) on the Ark of the Covenants.
0: The Ark of the Covenant, if recollection serves. While the Israelites, after they have been led out of Egypt, while they are wandering around, they're instructed to uh, build a tent, referred to as the t- as the tabernacle, mm-hmm. right? And you build a tent because God's not ready to lead them into the promised land just yet. But they need some sort of symbol to carry with them to remind them, of, not only remind them of God's presence, but the the ark of the. And so they okay. You're going to build this tent, and then you're also going to build an ark. And there's very detailed instructions about how this is to be constructed,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: how it is to be decorated, and how it is to be carried. And
1: um, it's not an arch. Uh,
0: It's
1: it's an ark, which is it's a. And it's not an ark like Noah's ark. It's not a boat. This is functionally a large chest. Yes, mm-hmm. which is representative of the presence of God with the people of Israel,
0: and it is to be God's footstool. This, this, this is this ark will be the place where God uh, will meet with the people of Israel. This, this is the connection point, as kind of between these two realms. Right. Be- between the earthly sphere and the divine sphere and and so it is it is conceived of as this is God's footstool. this is where these two things meet and right. connect. Um, and so it's a, it's a very sacred and very important object and they carry it with them on on their travels and it, and it is for them. The the presence of God in right. their midst. Um, you did a really nice job explaining this. Well, thank you. Yeah, and then and then that's you know, and then there are instructions as to you know since it is the presence of God, there are instructions as to who can enter into the tabernacle and and so on. And then we have these priestly families, uh, to, uh, tribes that become responsible for tending to it, um, and that's. Why the Ark of the Covenant is
1: somewhere else. Right. Right? <laughs> right. But if you move it into the space where the political king is, mm-hmm. then there's a consolidation of power there. Yeah. Which is what is um, described here in 2 Samuel 5 and Second Samuel 6. Mm-hmm. And with that consolidation of power... And the recognition of the presence of God and the anointing of the king. There is great gratitude and celebration. Yeah. And we read, David and all the house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all their might. Have you ever danced with all your might, Damon?
0: Probably not.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, probably not. I would be surprised. If I And if so, not for long. Yeah, um, I was probably in all of the things that I was dancing in, whether it was for a performance of some sort or at a, like a party or a gathering of some sort, I would guess there was always some little part that I was reserving.
1: Yeah. Although I will say, dancing generally does take a great deal of concentration and might for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even do it that well, but just to make sure that I'm on beat. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is not... Dancing is not a thing
0: that I grew up doing. Um, and so, yeah, there would have always been something that I was holding back most likely for fear of looking foolish
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so but here they are dancing with all their might with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals this would have been a very appropriate scripture to read uh just eight days ago when Mm -hmm. the jazz band was here yeah um and we're pairing this as well with psalm 150 uh, which also goes through a beautiful listing of instruments. Um, I'm going to read Psalm 150 to you right now because uh, it, it, it parallels this. I like it. <laughs> um, this yeah. is a soul of praise, and it's very short. So, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I read that psalm on Tuesday at Julie McDougal's memorial service. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it pairs well with this as well, because it's just the psalm of just over-the-top praise. And I connect that praise to gratitude. Yeah. Um, I think in, in this particular case, you have a people who have been through a whole lot, yeah, who now have a king that they can trust, who will they trust will we- wield his power fairly and... Uh, Also, that he's bringing together the religious and the political kingdoms or empires. And uh, so the response is one of praise. God has provided them up till this point. Uh, God has given them grace and mercy and love. And so they respond in gratitude with this overwhelming praise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we then are called to do something similar. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think we as Christians recognize the gift of grace that God has given us uh, through Christ. yeah, and, uh, and so that our lives are called to be a response of gratitude to the grace we have been given. Mm-hmm. And whether we are literally clashing cymbals or uh, using lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets or figuratively doing so, our lives really ought to reflect um, what an incredible gift we've been given of grace, and then in turn our lives ought to be a reflection of gratitude of that grace mm-hmm. over and over and over again
0: yeah, because I mean that was one of my follow-up questions, was going to be you know, if we are called to, we are oftentimes called to praise God mm-hmm. uh, so then the question is what does that mean? what does like what does it mean to praise God what does it look like in our lives to praise God you know we come to a, for you know you come to a worship service and you offer thanks um, through a prayer or you know that sort of a thing um, I think that that is one aspect of what it means or what it might look like to to praise God
1: yeah. in our living. But there's lots of ways that we ought to be praising God in our living. Yeah. Uh, because our lives should be a response of gratitude to the grace that we have been given. Mm-hmm. And that response of gratitude and the praising of God is done certainly through prayers of thanksgiving, certainly through songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. Mm-hmm. But it's also through acts of service. It's also through... Becoming vessels of the grace that we've been given, and then offering that grace and love to others—that is a form of praising God. In fact, God says in the Old Testament that's the highest form of praising God. Yeah, um, is is by loving others
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and showing God's love to others. That is how we effectively praise God. That's how we show gratitude for God's grace and love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we gonna sing "Praise Ye the Lord"?
1: I can add that in any there. of the thousand uh, versions of it. <laughs> okay, I just added that. You just <laughs> you just put in a suggestion or a request for a hymn on Sunday, and I've just uh, added it to mm-hmm. the, the bulletin. We're also probably going to sing um, Saint Francis Prayer of Peace. There's a beautiful mm-hmm. setting of that in our Presbyterian hymnal, and mm-hmm. That's also weighing heavily on me as, as for those of you who heard the prayers of the people on Sunday know. Um, and so I think we'll be praying for peace and singing for peace even as we praise God through our singing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I'm thinking of the Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty. The King. That one. Yeah, that, that was the one I Not was thinking. Not the Praise ye the Lord. Not that one. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, that one's fine. <laughs> but I once um, was a camp counselor, and I had a group of, they were like fourth grade boys, I think, who had somewhere picked up the second version of that song. Um, and Is it
1: appropriate for our podcast? Yeah, no,
0: it's fine. But they spent most of the week singing it, as though they were chipmunks.
1: <laughs> Could you demonstrate nope. this for us? Nope, I won't. Are we talking like uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks chipmunks, or are we talking yeah, like in like
0: chipmunk voices? Mm-hmm. It's like really high, like really squeaky, uh-huh. uh huh, and and also really fast. And so I can't hear that one Without- and not hear it in those
1: voices. But that is a form of praising the Lord. Yeah, it too. was short. Because it mm-hmm. was joy. It was great. It was fun. Yeah. Ah. They had a wonderful week.
0: But if you asked me which one I'd sing. I'd rather sing the, the first one. But that's, yeah.
1: So, Done.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: I'll be working on the bulletin today, and I've already added that in. That will be the song <laughs> that we sing after the. Um, Sermon, because the sermon is going to be about praising God as an act of gratitude, yeah. because we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, God has richly blessed us, and as God had richly blessed the Israelites, and yeah, yeah. Should we switch gears? Yeah, let's talk about what's happened in life at the church. Cap. All right, uh, we are on our normal uh, school year worship schedule, so we have an eight thirty contemplative service in the chapel. Uh, We have a Sunday school hour at 9.15 for all ages. Yep. And we have our traditional worship service in the sanctuary at 10.30. We'll hope you join us for one of those worship services and as well as for Sunday school. Um, We have Sunday school for uh, preschool all the way through to adults. We have two adult offerings every Sunday and we're starting an adult ed forum series. That's one of those adult offerings. What's Mm -hmm. going on with that? Uh,
0: So Dan Duffenbaugh who is our scholar in residence, a uh, very learned biblical scholar, uh, particularly on the Older Testament, is going to be, he's going to do a four-part series We're of examining both the ancient and more contemporary history of sort of the building of the nation of Israel. So, taking a look at potentially passages not dissimilar from what we just read, or right?
1: probably in fact exactly this right. passage. That's what Dan will be doing, uh,
0: and exploring this uh, the, the political and theological history mm-hmm. behind it, uh, and sort of examining where do these things come from. You know, where does this call for a king, for example? come from in, in the Older Testament. So, which, I th- anything with Dan is always interesting uh, and is also particularly relevant given the events um, in Israel and Gaza mm-hmm. um, over the last week, week and a half. So, if folks are interested in that or intrigued by that, then that will certainly be worth checking out and examining, so.
1: Yeah, so that's starting this Sunday, Mm -hmm. um, which is the 22nd, and runs for four Sundays through November 12th at 9.15 in the morning uh, in the Lydia Room, which is our adult ed room, just next to the church offices. And also, I will also say, um, if you could get to all
0: of those, that would be amazing. (laughs) But, you know, if you missed the first one, but want to hop in on the second one? You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll be fine. It'll it'll work well. Dan will be able to to get you caught up on what you maybe missed from the previous. He's an experienced educator. So he he can do that and he can do it really well. So folks should should really feel free to Jump in and out yep. on stuff if, if they need to. So And we will record them right, and That's make them available on our YouTube page as well.
1: Yeah, so not only if you can't make it to all of them, but also if you're interested and can't make it, uh, they'll be posted to our church's YouTube page, so you can check mm-hmm. those out uh midweek we got lots of stuff going on in the church too uh we've got our wednesday night live programming for children that are pre-k through uh high school age uh that starts with dinner from 5 to five thirty. all are welcome at that dinner including families and adults so you can come down to the church and have yeah. dinner if you don't feel like cooking on wednesday night yeah um and uh that's just going strong we're uh we're having fun with that um an update on kind of our capital campaign. Uh, you know, we announced on September 17th that we are cruising on this thing. Uh, today, as we record this podcast, there's a wonderful crew of people who are stuffing envelopes. And so, sometime this week, you should be receiving in the mail uh, an envelope from the church that includes a letter describing uh, both our capital campaign as well as our annual stewardship campaign. Uh, and a pledge card for each, one for the capital campaign, one for the annual stewardship campaign. We're inviting you to pray over that and think about it. And uh, on or before, Sunday, November 5th, return both the pledge card for our annual stewardship campaign as well as the pledge card for the capital campaign. Uh, We're excited. We're cruising on that. And uh, we're very hopeful uh, about where that's going to end up Mm -hmm. as well as hopeful about uh, our church next year in 2024 and our church is generosity and giving so and
0: you'll be preaching this sunday i will we have a special guest preacher coming sometime soon correct when is that i forgot to put it on the thing
1: that is uh the last sunday of october so the 29th which is the 29th yeah so i'm preaching this sunday the 22nd Mm -hmm. and then on october 29th we have Uh, the highest elected officer of the Presbyterian Church, which is called the moderator of the General Assembly. Uh, This may be familiar to those of you, this title may be familiar to those of you who are members of this church because Dr. Cy Kessler was in that office. Um, So currently that office is occupied by a pastor out of uh, North Carolina named Siobhan Starling-Lewis. And she is a dynamic and gifted preacher, and she's joining us on October 29th in part to help our church celebrate our 150th anniversary, and in part to bring greetings both from her own local congregation as well as from the Presbyterian denomination, as well as from Siobhan, uh, it's a two-year term that she's in this, and she's a year and two months into her term, and she's traveled pretty extensively internationally, so she also will be bringing greetings from some of our international mission partners uh, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that promises to be a delightful Sunday on October 29th. And following that worship service, we're going to have a soup supper here at the church. A super delicious meal. So, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so we'll hope you join us for that. We'll remind you of that next week too. Well, actually, Damon won't be here yeah, well. to remind you of that next week. I will remind you of that next week when I have a special guest helping me with uh, the Monday check-in.
0: Mm, they'll
1: have to tune back in. To see who that special guest is.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't yet know who that special <laughs> guest is. They'll yeah. have to tune back in.
1: I'll have to. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Everybody <laughs> will. Who knows who it'll be.
1: Yeah. It'll just be...
0: could be anyway. So... could uh, be whoever's listening to this right
1: now. Could be. Could if be. you're listening and want to be my special guest on the Monday check-in, tell Damon. Just show up. Um All right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the 29th. Uh, November 5th will be what we're calling our Consecration (laughs) Sunday where we turn in those pledge cards for the capital campaign and the annual stewardship campaign. Uh, The next Sunday, November 12th, is our beloved All Saints Day service where we do uh, read the list of uh, members of our church who have died in the last year and we celebrate their lives with a candle lighting liturgy um, as well as a chance for anyone to come up and light a candle. That's always a meaningful service. Uh, The following Sunday, Hanging of the Greens. We're going to do that right after worship. Uh, so it just keeps right on rolling. Yeah, and then the next Sunday's Thanksgiving, and then we're already into Advent. Woo! Look out. Yeah. Finally, I say. Do you? Yeah. We're All, right. All year. All year. Mm-hmm. Should I close with the word of prayer? Yeah. Let's uh. Let's do that. Gracious God. You are God who calls us to be peacemakers and you are a God of peace. And so we pray for your peace, your shalom, your peace which passes all understanding. We pray for that in our own hearts and minds. We pray for that in our families, in our community, in our nation and around the world. We pray for your peace in Israel-Palestine. We pray for safety for all who are involved in the conflict over there. And we ask you, God, to Enter into the hearts and minds of the leaders over there and soften hardened hearts and bring them to understand our shared humanity that despite any cultural or religious differences we have, that ultimately we share uh, the fact that we're all made in the image of God. Pray for um, our church and we pray for the study of this scripture from 2 Samuel. May it Open our minds and our hearts to what you are doing in our lives. And may we faithfully proclaim this word in the week ahead. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, then with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.